looking to have your groceries delivered? Try Instacart. By following the link in the show notes, you can shop multiple stores, get the products you love from local stores, get your delivery in as fast as one hour. Plus, Instacart highlights deals to save you money. And for our listeners, free delivery on your first order over $35. Hi, this is Bob Sorrentino from italiangenealogy.blog, and I'm here today with Tracy Callister, who's been researching her roots, and our friend from Italy, Elena Gisi, who runs EG Ancestry Research. So welcome, Elena. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Pleasure to have the both of you, and uh, especially Tracy. She's been having a little bit of an issue with wildfires out there in the West. Uh, so we hope you're staying safe out there, Tracy. Yes, thank you. We, we are trying. So, Tracy, my first question for you is, and I always ask this question of everybody, uh, how and why and when did you start researching your Italian roots? Well, um, how I got into it happened a long time ago when I was a little girl. Um, back in the 70s, my aunt was trying to find our, our ancestors. Um, she had back to her grandmother, who came from Italy. Um, however, we thought she came from Switzerland. We didn't know at the time where she was from. And so she had researched for years trying to figure out uh, where our family was from. And one day she came uh, home and she had had a dream. And in her dream, she saw she was jogging on a dirt road and she saw this lady in a long black dress and black bell walking towards her. And she hadn't had any luck with the genealogy and had put everything in a box and had decided she was just going to put it away for a while. And she said, as she jogged towards this lady in her dream, the lady turned to her and said, don't forget my genealogy, and then kept walking. And as she was telling my grandmother this story, I just got chills, and I wanted to know who that lady was. And they got looking through an old box and found a picture of a lady in a long black dress and long black veil, and it was the lady that she had had in her dream, and nobody knew who, the, who she was. My grandmother, there was no names on the back. My grandmother didn't know who it was. And so from that point on, I decided I was going to find out who Our Lady in Black was. And I was just a little girl, and um, our family spent 38 years trying to find her. And the rest of the story will come in a minute, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, well, that's an incredible story. And, you know, I, have, I subscribe to the premise that things just don't happen by accident. No. Uh, and and but my story... Similar in some respects is, uh, and I'll talk a little bit about the Piramalos later, but I couldn't find my dad's family at all. I couldn't find any records on the Sorrentinos in Naples. Um, and they were, as I learned, they were fairly prominent. Um, and I had hired someone to help with the research, and he came back with, with things on um, my dad's mom and her family, uh, very one family more noble than the other, but I nothing on the Sorrentino, and I asked them to help find them too. And my cousin, who lived with my dad's mom for many years, uh, I hadn't heard from this researcher for about a year, and my cousin Louise passed away, and two days later, I got a data dump of everything Sorrentino. Oh, my goodness. So, coincidence? 
No, Maybe. your cousin was helping you out there. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, she was the person who I would always call and say, "Did you hear of this name? Did you know that name? What did Nanny say about that? What did she say about these things?" Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's it's and I and I've talked to other people, same thing. And and I think there seems to be one or two people in each family that has this calling or has somebody from beyond pushing them to do this research? Yes, I think so too. We, uh, we had, well, my aunt had searched for years before. I was probably only about 10 to 12 years old when I heard this story and it just grabbed me and I was hooked after that. And we searched all over. Um, we, we searched Switzerland inside and out, could not find anything. All the records they had put Switzerland. And one night about four years ago, I thought, you know, I'm missing something. So I got a piece of paper out and I made a timeline and I had, I put every little bit of information I had and I figured out that um, my grandmother, her sister, my great grandmother, her sister and brother came to the United States. And as I looked at this timeline, I had every little piece of information I needed, but the brother's um, ship records. And so I started searching for that. And when I found them, it was the first time any of them had put Italy as their birthplace. And he had put Pino, Italy. And so I started searching Pino, Italy. It's on Lake Maggiore. And Pino is just a little small village of about maybe 200 people, if even that. And it had never been um, filmed. It had never been indexed. The, the records, you had to go to the parish to get the records. There was nothing on family search, ancestry, anything like that. They'd never been photographed. And so then I thought, well, I'm stuck because I'm clear over here in Utah and I can't go to Italy. And so I put a message out on the internet. I like message boards. I like Facebook. I like stuff like that. And Elena answered my message and was willing to go to this little teeny town and, and search for the records for me. And by golly, she found everything I needed. And then as she found stuff, she... As she found stuff, then she invited us to come over. She said, this is your family. You really should come over and look at all this. So that's where our two stories connect. Was um, She just hopped on to help a stranger, and she saw, helped me solve a 38-year mystery. Well, the tiny little town was marvelous. She, it, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful town. And I think the, the, the call of the lady in black was so powerful to involve a person from the other side of the world to find her story. <laughs> and I remember when I contacted Tracy the first time, I read her message uh, on the on blog, and uh, I thought, well, I always uh, searched only my family, but I would like to do something for someone else. And so I contacted her, and she said, okay, if you want to go there, let's go there. And it was good for me because I was working in the office and uh, I was spending there all my lifetime. And so I took some hours off and went to Pino, which is a wonderful place, amazing, on the lake, wonderful view. And I researched and it was successful. And Tracy will go on explaining. Yes, she uh, found my family home. She found the church that all of my ancestors were... were uh, christened in and you have to remember I only had back to my great grandmother so I only had back to the early 1900s um, she had talked to different people there in Pino and so my husband had promised me if I ever found out where the lady in black was from he'd take me there and when, he, when, when Elena solved where she was from he, 
he just said, okay, let's get plane tickets. So, so we had decided to plan our trip and she met us at the airport and yeah, the rest of our friendship is history. It's been great. She, she found a lot of stuff for me. As we got to Penal, um, I had gone to Roots Tech in Salt Lake City. I don't know if you've ever been to that, but it's a wonderful con convention. And they had told me, if you ever get over there, the priests are very protective of their records. So if you get something out, you get your camera ready to snap pictures because you won't be able to touch it. But when we got there, the priest had actually left his key and we had full reign of the record room. And there were books there uh, dating, how far did it go back, Elena? 1600s, late 1500s, that we held in our hands that probably have not been opened since then, but I was able to get 10 generations of my family while we were over there. Wow, that's amazing. It was. And all in, all in that same, they were all just in that same town. They were, they were. It, we went to this, uh, so the church was absolutely beautiful, and um, all the paintings in it were original. I think they said it was built in the 1400s. This little town, all the homes are made of stone. Um, we met a lady named Kiki, her husband, Paulo, their house was uh, built in the 1200s, and they had actually added power and stuff to it. And she came and helped us research also. Um, yeah, but the priest just let us have full reign, and it was in just this little room with no electricity. We had to open the shutters, and we researched by daylight, and it was the most amazing experience I've ever had. That's incredible. I'm jealous. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to go back. <laughs> The, well, I was I was supposed to be there in April, and I had the whole we had we had the whole tour set up and everything. Oh. Uh, Elena, you may have heard of Italy rooting. Um, I'm I'm working with Letizia from there, and um, uh, you know all my grandparents are from Italy. My mom's yes. uh, parents, are, yes. yeah, my mom's parents are from Torito, um, and. My my dad's parents were from Naples, and uh, we had the whole thing set up. And you know, some of my grandmother's uh, father's family, uh, the the town hall, the town hall in Capricata is uh, was her, my third great grandmother's home. Wow. Uh, she was she was the Duchess. Wow. Uh, and her father, uh, her her husband was Count, Piramo, Count Giacomo Piramalo from Montebello. So we were going to go to those places. Um, and my grandmother's mom, which when I started this whole thing, I had no clue. I started with a, a little card from my great-grandfather that my grandmother brought from Italy that said that he was from the, from the uh, Dukes of Capricotta. And my great-grandmother is Caracciolo di Torciarolo. And her grandfather was Prince Luigi uh, from Naples. Wow. So it was just an incredible, uh, the stuff I found was just unbelievable. And I was so excited to go there and actually see these places because the first time we were in Italy, we were at the train station a half a mile from Via Carbonara where everybody lived and I had no idea at the time. Oh, It's very wow. strange that uh, uh, noble people end up immigrating in the USA. 
and usually it's poor people that do, do these, like uh, Tracy's parents, like many Tracy's relatives and many other relatives. And Bob, why did your uh, ancestors uh, went to the USA? And that, that's a good question, Elena, because that eluded me for such a very, very long time. And what I found was that my grandmother's aunt came to America in 1905 with her husband. I don't know why they came, um, but they did. And I would have to guess that her husband, his name was Progamo. Maybe they, he had some kind of business deal here or something was going on. But anyway, they came in 1905. The, that's the, they sure came on first class, not the third class like all the others. <laughs> Uh, probably, yeah, or at least second class. Um, so, but that's that's when I kind of figured because my grandmother was the only Piramalo that came to America that I could find, or besides her aunt. So there had to be some reason her aunt must have convinced her. Now, my my great grandfather, although uh, you know he had some station and all of that, um. He, you know, he was the first son of the third son, you know, so there were no titles involved. Although you could see from the photographs of my uh, my grandmother and my aunts and uncles that were born there and, and my great grandfather uh, and his his second wife, that they all had they, they, they had significant amount of money, unlike my my uh, my mom's mom. So that's the only thing I could figure, but there was there's really nobody to ask. Maybe some someday you would find it. Uh, maybe, possibly. Uh, you know, I did connect with with third and fourth cousins over there, and I was able to piece everything together with them and looking at photographs and seeing the resemblance between people. And what it what happened, Elena, was very unusual, as you probably know. The the my third great grandmother, um, the Duchess, got the title from when her brother died, and I guess there was nobody else in the family to give it to. But somehow she she became the Duchess. She was Capici Picicelli, and she merged the names Piramalo and Capici Picicelli into one. But the only son who got those names was the oldest son. So my my second great-grandfather um, and uh, his brothers didn't get that name, nor did uh, any of his cousin's family. So the only family has, that has that name today in Italy, the three names, are direct descendants from the first son of the Duchess and the Count. Everybody oh. else just uses Piramalo. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, and it was making me nuts. I bet, I bet. I, I, I understand. I was going crazy with this because I thought there's got to be somebody can't just disappear. I, I was anxious to be able to find some cousins. And actually, when we got planning our trip to Italy, um, and I had only been out of Utah a couple of times, so I'm not a world traveler, but I decided to do all my own uh, reservations and stuff. And I got on Verbo to see if there was any rentals by Penal. And in a 60-mile radius, there were 541 rentals. And I thought, oh, how am I going to narrow this down? So I narrowed it down by which ones looked like they had the most modern bathrooms, which <laughs> that's important <laughs> to me. So 
I got it narrowed to two rentals. And then I did Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. And the one I landed on, I, I pushed rent. And the day before that, just one day before that, Elena had emailed me, and she had found out that my great-great-grandparents had, um, the grandmother had three pieces of property when she died. And only one daughter that we could find had stayed in that area, and she willed them to that daughter. Well, that daughter married, but she never had any children. And Elena had found where she had willed all that property to a man named Robert, uh, Roberto Adelini and his two sisters. And I, Elena, I can remember I asking you, I says, well, who could that be? Is it cousins? And you had, you had said, well, it possibly could just be neighbors that took care of her in her, in her old age. We will never know who he is. <laughs> yeah, she said, you'll never find out. So I pushed rent on that rental, and the girl that owned the rental was in Spain. But her parents lived by the rental in Pino, and she got on and told me, she, she asked why I was coming, because she wanted to have maps and things ready for me. I said, well, I'm coming to do some family history. And she said, well, what names are you looking for? And so I told her the names I was looking for, and she kind of hesitated, and she said, let me get my mother on the phone to finish up this reservation. And then she came back on and she said, do you have any death dates of those people you're looking for? I gave her the death date. And anyway, she came back on and she says, we're the Ottolini family. We're the ones that inherited the, the, the property. And they happened to be nieces and nephews of my great, my great, great aunt. Since she had no children, they were her husband's nieces and nephews. So the people that met me to, to rent the apartment I rented were, were family by marriage. And that is who Kiki, the other lady that helped us do the research, was. And they were just wonderful. They had, they had a family documents. She was able to show me the family property. The house is still standing. It was just completely amazing. That's crazy. I know. I'll do eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I can't believe it worked. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Yeah, well, that goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's, it's karma, fate, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's just there's just something. You know, it is. Um, and so we took off for Italy, and uh, Elena met us at the airport and took us to her home, fed us our first meal, and got back to our hotel that night. Uh, my husband and I got talking, and I said, you know, if one of our kids would have said they were flying to Europe and somebody they didn't know was going to meet them there and take them home and feed them. I, I probably would have strangled them because I you know, don't go with strangers. But we met Elena and she was wonderful and it's become a great friendship and great for her. She's able to start her own business through my lady in black and I was able to find my family. It's just been an amazing, amazing journey. Right. Yes, so I'm Elena, I was going to, I was going to ask you that. So you you were researching your own family at the beginning, and then because of this, you you actually started your business, yeah? Well, I think everybody starts with researching his own family. And I was researching my family, but uh, on my own, without much uh, uh, motivation, because my family, my living family, is not really interested in genealogy. And uh, when I met Tracy, a uh, new world opened to me, because... I realized I could do the same job for other people and make them very happy. And uh, it was much more interesting, interesting than doing it for myself or my family. And the way my family, my ancestors' uh, story is a bit dual, a bit boring. <laughs> and uh, well, when I met Tracy, I discovered that there was so much to 
to find out. And it's an investigation job. It's uh, fantastic because uh, in the end, everybody would like to be a detective. And I am my own small Sherlock Holmes. And I started doing for the others. Tracy was very encouraging. She was promoting me. She was finding me customers. She was doing a wonderful job, really. I, I really owe a lot to her. And uh, in the past two years, I uh, website and I started having some customers. I was doing researches in, in the free time for, for my office job, uh, taking, taking days off. And uh, this thing grew up so much that uh, last year I decided to quit with my office job. I've been working in an office for 29 years, so you can understand. And only work about the, only work on genealogy. And I think I'm sure I did the right choice because uh, I, I love this job. I love to help people finding their story. I love to give them knowledge. And uh, I love this, the human relationship that uh, is creating, is being created uh, between the customers. And it's really fantastic. And everything, I, I owe everything to Tracy and to Daylight in Black, uh, which is a lady uh, that I have never. Uh, so uh, she might uh, even exist, but she changed my life. Well, and she she did the same for me. I'm I'm never going to be able to pay Elena for. I mean, I, I would have never been able to come over and just search. I wanted to know before I came that that's where they were from, and if it wouldn't have been for her and her generosity, I probably would still be be searching. But she has a really great knack for this, and she um she was able to find so many things. She even found a castle that my great-great-grandfather served in the military in and was able to um, arrange a private tour for us. And I, I know she has, um, with a couple other customers, she's been able to arrange tours and stuff, and they've gone over, and she's taken them to all their family sites. And she's very good at what she does, and and she's very um, personable and and gets into the story that she's working on, and we just will never be able to repay her. We we had the most amazing trip and so much fun, and and we've got a great friendship to boot coming home. We uh, Elena and I will be forever friends. I mean, we'll we'll stay connected for forever. We, we we surely will. Yes, thank you very much, my dear. We'll be right back. Italian Roots and Genealogy is proudly sponsored by Your Dolce Vita and Dawn Matera, connecting people to their purpose in life and continuing their legacy. For more information, contact Dawn at www.yourdolcevita.com. Yeah, that's 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 fantastic. I, you know, I thought about it. A, I've I've been doing this you know, probably close to fifteen years you know, with my family and, uh, you know, I help people here and there when I can. And, you know, I have, I have the Facebook page that has about 1600 people on it now. And, uh, you know, I do the blog and I started doing this really because I just like to talk about it and hear interesting stories. And if I could help somebody as a result of that, that's fun. But I think for me too, it's, it's the detective work. And when you find something, it's so gratifying. So I, and that's for yourself. So I can imagine if you help somebody else find something, it's probably even more gratifying. Yes. Every time, every time I, I manage to hit a brick wall, someone else, someone with my customer, uh, I feel like I won the lottery 
but actually it's my customer who won the lottery, uh, but I'm happy for that. I'm really happy. I'll say she's just really great. I remember um, when we got to, we went to a hotel after we ate dinner with her and then the next morning she drove the Pinot with us. And the first time I put my feet out onto the road in Pinot, the little parking lot we parked in, I just felt this feeling that came over me. It was almost like being homesick. I just felt like I was home. I had just come home. And she took us up through the village. And do you remember going to the church the first time, Elena? Yes, I remember. That church was absolutely, I think about it at night. Um, I just want to go back. I just yearned to go see that. It was just the feeling overcame me. I knew my, my ancestors had been there. It was just amazing. Yeah, and I'll tell you one of my quick brick wall stories. My, I guess my second great-grandfather, uh, he married a woman, and her name was Elisa Moore, M-O-H-R, and obviously not an Italian name. And I eventually found out that she was from Lucerne, Switzerland. So ah. now I'm thinking to myself, why is my great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather marrying this woman from Lucerne, Switzerland in Naples in, in whatever year it was, 1860 or something like that. So I, I was just, as we probably all do, I was you know, just plugging things in on Google and I came up with the registration of the officers from the Neapolitan army in the 1860s. And I came across... Now, of course, it's all in Italian. I don't. I speak very little Italian. I could read it a little bit, but it it said that uh, there was a Bernardo Moore, and he was a captain in the Swiss Guard in Naples. So ah. then, I always I always thought the Swiss Guards. I thought you know the Pope. That's the first thing you think of, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so then I found out that the especially. Uh, the, the Catholic cantons in Switzerland, they would rent out the soldiers to various places in Europe and Naples was one of them. So I then found my second great-grandfather, Filippo Cracciolo, who was a first lieutenant in the cavalry in the Neapolitan uh, army at the exact same time that this Bernardo Moore was there. So I figured... He was a young officer. My future great-great-grandmother was, you know, probably a young girl from Switzerland. The father was in the army. They must have met, you know, you try to piece these things together. They probably met at a dance or a function someplace, and they got married. Yeah. Huh. It's nice when you can build a story like that from a few records. Yeah, so, so then I put it out there. I found this uh, site. Were they from Switzerland? And they said, if you have a question about Swiss ancestry, we can answer in English, French, or German. So I asked them a question in English, and I said, Bernardo Moore was, I think, was my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. Elisa Moore was his daughter. And the guy who read my email sent me this to a website that has the ancestry trees for Lucerne from the prominent families back to the 1300s. I can understand it because I had a wonderful experience with the Swiss archives too. They are uh, extremely help helpful. 
and have a lot of documents. In Italy, there's nothing like this. Yeah, and then, so, so I contacted somebody from one of the families, and he sent me a photograph of the Moore family crest, although then they weren't nobility, but they have a sort of a, a crest, and the Caracciola family from Lucerne with the, with the two crests merged together with the family names and all of that. That's wonderful. It's just, so, you know, I know how I feel, like I said earlier, I know how I feel when I find something like that. Getting something like that for somebody else must be like 10 times better. <laughs> it is. It's wonderful, really. It's great. You know, uh, just so I don't forget, we ended up, uh, Elena sent us a photo and she said, the lady in black should be in this photo. It was almost like where's Waldo? It's a, <laughs> it was a, it was a town photo of everybody that lived in the town at that time. And we actually did identify uh, my lady in black in that photo, and she ended up being my great great grandmother. So we did finally identify her, and it's you know I, I what I don't understand. Um, you get looking on a lot of it, at least on the American side, a lot of Italian genealogy, and they didn't, there was a lot of secrets, a lot of name changes, a lot of, uh, they didn't talk about their families. They didn't, um, I know my grandmother grew up thinking she was French because they had changed the name from Bonetti to Bonnet when they came to the United States. So I don't know if there was a stigma back in that time, if you were Italian coming into the United States, maybe, or... Maybe it was because they were poor. I, I don't know, but it seems like a lot of a lot of lines that I have followed. Yes, I noticed that too. I noticed that. I have uh, plenty of customers whose uh, ancestors have different names than they had in Italy, and it's not not just only uh, adjusting the name like Carlo becomes Charles. It's just something completely different. Uh, I think uh, when people immigrated from Italy, it's because they were poor. They were really starving. And uh, going to America was such a big change uh, that it, it was a way to cut out the, their, their to uh, make a barrier between the uh, wealthy uh, future and the poor past. And so most of them uh, got rid of the name also or didn't care about uh, uh, keeping their roots in their name. I think Finding so. cut ties to start a new life probably, huh? Yeah, I, I think I think so. In my case, nobody changed any name, so it was it was simple for me. You are lucky, then. My goodness, you are lucky. <laughs> uh, but the funny thing is, is my 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 mom's parents, uh, they both had the the same last name, Nicoletti. Oh, but they weren't related. Uh, and my uh, Grandfather's family originally was from Acquaviva Delafonte and and oh from and, Bari yes yeah and and my and my grandmother was from Torito so somehow my grandfather made that I don't know three or four mile trip whatever it was which back then I guess was a long period of time um, and uh, you know they they had the same name so you know research and what's a great thing about Bari is the records are fantastic on the Antonati there's everything out there. Yes, uh, the, the Southern records are uh, 
different from the Northern Red Cross. You know that Italy was divided until 1861. And uh, in, in the North, uh, we only have civil records starting from 1866. Before that, you have to go to the church. And, you know, like Tres was saying, it's not always easy to get access to the church, except for the Pinot Church, which was fantastic. Um, while in the South, uh, they started from the Napoleonic era to... Uh, to keep uh, civil records, let's say 186 uh, or 9, and they went on without stopping uh, until now. And so for the whole 19th century, you have civil records, which is fine, because you can find them at the municipality or at the state archive, which is accessible even on the internet. Uh, the northern records, you miss the most of the 19th century online, and you just have a few records uh, at the beginning of the century and then the, old, the most recent records afterward. I think it's easier to search in the South uh, than in the North, uh, especially online. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. And here's an interesting story, Elena, from my, my mom's side. When her parents came, they were obviously very, very poor. They were farmers. And they came because my grandfather had served in the Italian army in Libya. And my grandmother said, you're not going to war again. You know, World War II was breaking out. So they came to America, but they left their oldest son, my uncle Giovanni, in, in, in Italy, in Torito, with his grandparents. Mm -hmm. He stayed there until 1950. He didn't, he didn't see his... He didn't see his he never met his brothers and sisters, and he didn't see his parents for 45 years. Wow. And all his children were born there, and they lived in the same house that my great-grandfather lived in, and who knows how much longer before that. And um, what was really nice is that uh, my youngest cousin interviewed my uncle in Bares before he passed away, and he just recently... Uh, trans translated that into English so that we have the story of my uncle being in, in Italy through from, you know, the 19, from roughly 1910, I guess, through 1950. That's, that's great. And it's amazing. It's amazing. My, my great-grandfather, my great-grandfather owned a cow and he would go through the streets of Torito with my uncle and milk the cow if you wanted milk. <laughs> oh, and then just give it to people to, or sell it to people for... Yeah, well, he would go door to door, apparently, and if you wanted a pint of milk, he would milk the cow. Well, that's inventive. Maybe that's something people <laughs> try. <laughs> so, Elena, I want to I want to ask you about... Uh, so now you have this business, which is fantastic. Yes, it is. That's great. So what, what actually... Um, if somebody wanted to hire you to do some stuff, what actually, what services do you provide? Well, uh, let's do the, be the basic services, the genealogical research in archive, but I'm not really doing only that because I like to uh, give the people they need what they ask for, even if it's such as maybe a, a strange request. Uh, if they ask me, go to the cemeteries, uh, I go there. If I am to leave a message on the grave, I leave it. I'm researching living cousins, and I found some, and uh, some American and, and Italian cousins met, and it was a wonderful experience. 
now I'm lately translating handwritten letters from Italian into English, which, are, which is quite difficult for an American, I think, because maybe they are primarily poor or they are badly handwritten. And the letters are amazing. They are very precious. precious. They contain uh, a lot of information about the family. Um, if I have to travel, I travel. If I have to go to the state archive or to the library or read books, uh, I read books. Uh, I try to be as helpful as possible with people. And of course, I research in parish archives, state archives. I do ancestry tours. Uh, and uh, what I like of this job is that uh, it's, uh, it changes a lot. It's, it's always new. Every research is a new adventure. You must learn from scratch uh, the names, uh, the places, the history of the place. And it's very challenging for me uh, professionally and, and personally. So I never say no. In a couple of days, I need to go to Genova, to the State Archive, to look for, um, to, to read a document that my customer told me to uh, read. And uh, it's a topographical map of uh, 1613 and that should include names of people paying taxes. I don't even know how this document is made. I don't have any idea of what I will have in my hands in a couple of days. Such an old document, and uh, whether it's written in Latin or in Italian, it, whether it's a map or a list, I don't know, but it's amazing this way. I will go and I will try to uh, pick up the most out of it and have best for my customer. Wow, that's, that's, that's really great. And I, and I think, you know, that's, I think it's that personal touch that people really like and yes. the ability to work with somebody to not just have a canned type of tour or we only do these things. I think that's really, really, really great. It's, it's important also for me. She, she does put a personal touch on it and she's a great tour guide. I know she's done that for a couple of customers. I think maybe I was her first. And she just took us to all the different family sites and helped us understand, you know, because I don't speak Italian either. Um, she's great. And, and she's, she's affordable. I think her prices are great. And she, she does take things to, to heart. And she's been able to have a, a – she, she was able to do uh, the research for – was it Finding Your Roots for one episode of that? Yes, I, I did it last year, actually. Uh, I was contacted by Finding Your Roots, the, the, the TV show, and they asked me to check, to, to, to find a history of the family of a, an Italian-American actor, which I cannot say who he is because uh, it still has to be aired for the next season. And I went to Genoa for three days and to Piacenza for two days. And I hope this American actor will be very pleased with the success, with the result. And uh, I hope he will come to Italy, so I will drive him around too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I know um, uh, uh, Letizia, she did, and I could say it because it's been out there, she did the rooting with, uh, uh, was it John Turturro? I think that's his first thing, yeah. The actor, uh, Italian actor, Italian-American actor. And she did a she did a similar thing uh, with them. So, Elena, if people want to get in touch with you, what's your uh, website name? www.egancestryresearch.com. And uh, 
I, I am on Facebook too. I'm on Instagram. And uh, I am on a very important uh, portal, uh, a page, which is called, called Cindy's List. Uh, I think Cindy's List helped me a lot. The, it's, it's a website with plenty of uh, uh, links to other sites, and there's my site too. Okay, well, that's that's great, and I really appreciate the time. This has been fantastic. I love hearing the stories, uh, especially the eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Who would ever believe that? That's incredible. Well, yeah, I just want to tell people that are listening, you know, don't give up. That, that, that's been 38 years of research for my family, and somewhere, sometime, something's going to fall right in their lap, and and they they will find their family, and it's just amazing when you do. Um, right now, I'm, I'm going to drop a couple of names just in case anybody uh, is researching the same family, but we're looking for Capras, C-A-P-R-A, also uh, Bonetti and Baroni. Um, those are the names I'm researching. Uh, Lake Maggiore, where we went, is a beautiful, beautiful area. Um, it's Half of the lake is Switzerland, and the other half is Italy, so I did find family in Switzerland. Um, but it's a beautiful place to visit. The people, I, I found that the Italian people are some of the warmest people I've ever met in my life. And it's just been amazing. And I love to tell my story. So I'm glad you had us on here. No, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much for this, this opportunity. It's been great to have this, this chance. And it was my first pod, podcast. I hope it went well. <laughs> I, it went great. And, uh, and let's hope you have many more. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook in the Italian Genealogy Group or at www.italiangenealogy.blog.